By the power of Grayskull, welcome to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. radio show by Fantastic Geek. We've got, like, all the grindage for your ears when it comes to Marvel Comics movies and TV shows. My name is Matt, and joining me is a righteous dude. The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, empowered ladies, blood, wastoids, dweebies, jerkheads, they all adore him. It's Pete. Party on, hot dogger. What did I say about calling me sir? The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 711, Brand New Day. It's brought to you by Brooklyn Scout Troop 87, the bad boys of the Boy Scouts. Pete, though, next week's two-hour series finale looms large. Uh, We, of course, not quite there yet. Uh, First of all, Pete, I know I have been hashtag spoiler free this entire run okay i decided to treat myself i watched the preview for next week thought it was just a lot of like you know run and gun no watch out didn't really get too much so good news there's not a pr problem with too much info being out there because of the preview not at all looks at abc's press portal uh, yeah, Pete, I have heard indirectly that there are some very spoiler things there. We're not going to spoil indirectly, them Indirectly, I asked if I could completely spoil it for you. Pardon me, I guess I worded that improperly. I am indirectly aware that there's explosive stuff there, although I have not sampled it myself. I'm remaining hashtag spoiler free or as spoiler free as possible, but I gather it's pretty detailed. Uh... It's shocking what they put photos uh, up of. I can only imagine someone who has no knowledge of this show saying, here's a photo, here's a photo, here's a photo. I don't know who these people are in this photo. Let's put that up there. Um, Yeah, if you have seen them, you know exactly what you're looking at. If you haven't and you want to be like, Matt, I would basically disconnect from the internet now (laughs) well connecting back up on the internet pete we are going to be doing on wednesday the night of the finale at 8 p.m eastern time we're going to be doing agents of zoom a zoom for us all to get together and uh and talk about the show before the two-hour finale maybe you bring a cold iced tea maybe bring a cold something else i don't know uh but certainly an opportunity for we all to get together to have a spy's goodbye or a sky's goodbye. Ooh, I, I don't know, Pete, but certainly uh, we would love it if you, the listener, could come uh, just to make sure that that uh, agents of Hydra and, you know, weirdos out there on the Internet intent on messing up Zoom meetings uh, don't get in. Uh, we just have a Google form to fill out. We're going to email out the Zoom link uh, Wednesday, kind of midday. So attached to this post as part of the podcast description is a link to that form you filled out with an email address. And that's how we'll get the Zoom link to you. This will be our red carpet pre-show. You'll want to be there, Matt. You never know who might stop by. And really quickly, Pete, just want to mention in general MCU news, uh, the Marvel Disney Plus shows are rumored to be restarting soon in Atlanta. Uh, That would, would of course, be the conclusion of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, Loki. Um, WandaVision was not on the list I saw, and then I couldn't quite remember, did WandaVision completely finish? I think that they were not quite done. 
um, but maybe they had a little less to do. So, you know, some some hope there in just looking at the TV landscape, not the larger world in terms of health and the pandemic and the economy and elections and all of that. Just looking at the little corner of having some entertainment to put smiles on our faces, uh, hopefully progress on those soon. We know that uh, obviously they did not hit their air dates. It happens in a pandemic. I think we can all understand that. Fitting that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would have the the spotlight now, and I I think well-deserved. But we will be shifting our focus, obviously, to those. That is, of course, after the 23 straight weeks of Star Trek that we've just been uh, gifted. Yeah, I mean... Certainly a fun a fun run for a Fantastic Geek ahead, even as we get ready to have tears that will need wiping away uh, after the conclusion of our dear mothership show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. When we catch you up on what went down, Daisy comes into focus as she tracks the telemetry of the Zephyr One on radar before it disappears. May confirms a dropped-off satellite Susa asks if they jumped to another time, which Daisy is adamant they did not. May proposes they took the ship above the satellites and can feel Daisy's guilt. Yo-Yo requests permission to land the Quinjet. Cora is, of course, on the Quinjet as well. Daisy is angry, ready to make sure that the Cora bomb does not blow. Daisy quakes her, force blasts her, uh, into the wall and is going to choke her until Cora talks. Uh, But Mac, of course, tells Daisy, stand down, and uh, down Cora goes. Turns out, though, Cora's ready to help. Wink, wink. She wants to save lives. She wants to be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. We get the Techie Zumi uh, title card, and then we're inside Zephyr 1 above the planet. Uh, Malik is inside Zephyr 1. To be outside would probably be unreasonable since it's devoid of space. He's checking out that shield symbol. And don't call him sir. That's set up for later. Time to reject the org chart. We are all equal. Uh, and they're all alone uh, that much in space as well. 50,000 miles above the Earth, he directs another grunt to send the signal because shield can't follow them up there. And... It's Decard on a plane. Yeah, he's being a sneak, a sneaky deek, if you will, Pete. This is just like Nakatomi Plaza. Uh, then he's immediately caught by Garrett. Yippee-ki-yay. Uh, back we go to the lighthouse. The baddies are locked up. Uh, they may have to build a Gordon trap to keep their powers at bay. You know, Pete, the whole anti-power thing from seasons past. Somebody Col- had developed a Gordon trap. They mentioned a character. I didn't recognize the name. Yes, uh, Pete, that was a character, Fitz, who used to be on the show. Uh, do you remember Davis? It was pre-Davis. Piper? Uh, no, pre-Piper as well. <laughs> uh, Colson and May are talking to Cora. She really, really does want to help. Wink. Uh, and she knows the future. Some lives were taken. Sorry, Mac, about your parents. But that was also proof. Don't you realize it? This is a new timeline. Cora says. A brand new day? Yes. Surprising no one, but making us worry that maybe we're not headed back to the original MCU and that Kevin Feige, who otherwise has been a, a bright spot in all our entertainment lives for the last 10, 12 years, 
may reign supreme over the weekend Jeff Loeb. Um, but here's a list of choices. Kill 30 and save thousands. Okay. Names that you know and history knows. Yes, it's kind of a death squad, but it's a death squad that's going to go in and do some cleaning. Project Insight Part Do, perhaps? Daisy talks to Cora alone about their upbringing and their sisterly superpowers. Sybil said there is no future where Daisy lets her sister fight alone. She gives her something and leaves saying she was right. There's also discussion about how every child loves her mother, but not every mother loves her back. Uh, further bonding that notion of uh, sisters sticking together to the end. On Zephyr 1, Simmons is in the brain scanner. We get scenes of Fitz from the past. Why is Simmons blocking these memories? Pete Malik angry, slapping her. Okay, not being a gentleman here. Uh, and he says, time to bring in the grandson. And we see the Deke has been beaten badly. Yes, Garrett brings him in there. Sousa finds Daisy sneaking away in an underlit hallway of the lighthouse, which is to say anywhere. He's never left his post, but there's a first time for everything. They have to be unpredictable, and she already has a sister to save in Gemma Simmons. <gasps> Best line of the episode. We get an act break after that. Daisy takes the Quinjet to the edge of the atmosphere, planning on using momentum to get to Zephyr 1. Pete, Daisy's never flown before, but how hard can it be? Mac enters. Well, how are you going to open those hangar doors? Uh, he knows that she can't play by Sybil's rules. Authorization granted. Open the doors. Mac is going to fly them out of there. May monitors and Coulson watches them head into space. Belinda, Matt, predict... Cora's next move, May's spidey senses tell her that she's being sincere. Back to Zephyr when we go, Deke is being beaten, though he does keep talking. It's like he's a merc with a mouth. Uh, what if, however, Malik turned uh, Simmons' brain to soup? That's when he sees the blocker uh, and blasts Deke. That's for his old man. Uh, we stay in space but move to the Quinjet. Uh, Sousa starts to float. Then gravity is turned on. He returns to his seat, almost like wires. Done, did it. Uh, it should be easy to find Zephyr 1 in, you know, orbit. Uh, Sousa is impressed with space. Time to strap in. Controlled blast in three, two, one, fire. May speaks to Korra, who brings up the cavalry and Bahrain. Uh, the issue of the list of good and bad, the naughty list, Matt, if you will. Um, it's not what it's about. It's about control here. However, Cora shows a lack of control when she fries the lighthouse power with one punch. But what it also did was lower the firewalls for Simmons. Hello, Colson. We get an act break and... The aforementioned Sybil is there talking via code. Coulson was code once. Can he read more of it? Maybe. Cut to the jet. Is the original, the OG timeline out there? Who knows? But now everything that isn't being used has been cut. Uh, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Enoch did say that this was the last mission, period. Maybe it's time, 
after this crazy run? Will they keep in touch? Will they be apart? How meta are they being, Pete? There's these things called phones uh, that they need to remain in one another, one another's lives. But Daisy says this is more so about family, not the friends you call occasionally. Uh, also brings up who she used to be and who she is now. And that she kissed Sousa in the time loops. It won't be the same, Matt, after this is over. But that's ah, okay. Setting the table for the finale. On Zephyr 1, Deke awakens. Time for Simmons to give up the info. And Malik's going to go into her brain with her. The race is on to find Fitz. We're going to have some flashback Fitz. Uh, back in the lighthouse, Colson is reading the code, bits and pieces of it. Sybil is looking for communication files. He can slow her, but he can't stop her. Only Cora can do it. May suggests Coulson talk to Cora, but May has the superpower of empathy now. Find the good in her, like you always do. And while they aren't looking, like specifically looking 180 degrees away, the cell doors are unlocked. Uh, the, the captured baddies tiptoe to Yo-Yo. But, of course, she's uh, hip to that. She yo-yos them to the main room. Durant is out. Uh, and so is Korra. Won't Korra help S.H.I.E.L.D. stop the chaos of Malak and the Chronicoms? Korra blasts Durant. Feel better? Act four. And though uh, Korra says that they need to move with her plan and check names off the list, she could just kill Sousa. Yo-Yo wants to point Cora in the right direction, but May maintains there's no name that is free of consequence. And then Cora says Grant Ward. That gets Pete so much fan reaction. The the warders, the anti-warders going to war for Ward. I can hear Do I hear coming home in the in the background right now? Maybe in our hearts, Pete. Pete, maybe next week. Uh, we're thinking, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are thinking, but of course Ward is a child now. What changes could that make? Is it worth bringing back Andrew, Rosalind, Lincoln? Uh, I vote yes on the Lincoln thing right out of the bat. Coulson, I however, see, I remember all those characters, but this other guy that they talked about, not fits. so much. Uh, Pete, I think that what Simmons has is spreading to you. Coulson, though, he's saying no. People can be put on the right path without being killed. Uh, Mom could have been happy how about we talk to mom now that of course jai ying uh we head back to the jet susa again so impressed with space but less talking oxygen being used says uh says the director then he continues to talk about what are your intentions with daisy susa better get this figured out the man out of time and quake it's like a comic book and susa is impressed about her being quake or kind of not quite impressed in a memory here glimpsed in the time stream, Simmons and Enoch study her brain and the Diana simulation. But there's another character there who says he's jealous. Yes, Pete, that is Fitz. He's feeling frustrated. Of course, it doesn't matter how long they take. There is no rush, you know, because the whole time travel thing. Why not live, build a home, no mission, no fighting the end of the world. They deserve it. Take the time that you have. 
Uh, apparently, you can also take the time and maybe leave the show that's been so good to you for six years by not being available or writing your way out or whatever the exact truth is that one day will be revealed. Uh, but, oh, Pete, Malik is in there, too. It's almost, Matt, as if they just described the series finale. Oh, no. Uh, we go back to May and Cora. Time for the truth. They go see Jai Ying's body for Cora. It's okay. Mom can heal after all. She just needs help. Cora gives some power blasts. Take my energy, Mom. No, she's gone. Neck shattered. Quaked. It was Daisy. No, no, it was Nathaniel. He killed her, and Daisy was being protected. So here we are about, well, maybe 60% through. Opportunity for Cora to turn to a goodie. Back we go to Simmons's mind. The implant was to protect Fitz's location, not this. They're in a white room. He's saying goodbye. She doesn't want to forget. She repeats it, and Malik is confused and angry. They step out of the mind tube thing, and Malik doesn't care. He leaves in a huff, uh, and Simmons says to Deke, Are you okay? And wait, <gasps> who's Fitz? Pete, she says the thing you've been saying all season long. Act five here, and Nathaniel is uh, not using Cora, totally not using her, saving her because chaos, which leads to a fight in the same room with May where she's fought before. I feel like they've used this location only to fight. Well, Pete. Good news. One of the highlights of this fight is when a powerful kick also knocks down two empty plastic bottles that appear to have been placed <laughs> there in order to fall down. Um, shades of Star Trek Next Generation. Anytime there's a fight in the cargo yes, bay. The barrels. Yeah, the big barrels. But at least those those could do a number on you if they fall on you wrong. Like, you know, if they fall on your head, you could sprain your neck. If you put your arm up straight and rigid, you could potentially hurt an elbow, a shoulder, bone, muscle, whatever. These are like glorified, like water, empty water cooler bottles. You can just hear the dunk, 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 dunk. Anyhow, Pete, let's be a bit more serious here, okay? Cora blasts a hole in the wall. Then Garrett comes and bamfs her away. We go to Coulson on the tech deck. He's a tech genius now. Sybil's been looking at maps. It's maps of shield bases and, oh no, we go to the Quinjet, Zephyr 1, finally now a few minutes out. Daisy thanks Sousa for her help. He's happy to help. Quake, you bet. Quake, what if she had a big Q on her utility belt? Uh, he doesn't want to be quaked by her, though. It's fun. Uh, but look, they're in space to get reinforcements. Yes, these portals open up and the ships come through. Um, Malik then kills the grunt, who calls him Sir. A second time because it's all about the new world order matt and they had summoned symbols ships from their home planet uh the signal that they sent there was to do that the lighthouse is calling the hub when the hub goes dead and then all the other bases lose communications and then we see the triskelion which in my notes I specifically refer to now as the Triskeleton. We get the end of the act, but in the tag scene, Malik sees phaser fire. Not really, but kind of. Uh, he's just getting started, he tells Garrett. As for you, Cora, welcome home. He thanks her for all her help. They've given people new life. He kisses her. 
and she kisses back to end the episode. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. We begin with Cora. Cora, who, you know, could, well, was presented as having this redemptive arc and all the evidence shown to her is evidence that I think in a, in a normal person, uh, you know, that, that would turn the tide. But of course she had a plan. She was there for the, you know, for the one purpose. I give credit to the episode for delivering her on a fairly straight line from A to B. You know, she had a purpose to open the firewall to get the thing in for the base maps. Um, but along the way, the line got so twisty that it, it looked like our agents were making progress when in fact they were not. Pete, what are your thoughts on Malik? Matt, I mean, this season that he's become, in addition to the Chronicoms, kind of the overarching villain. Okay, the lesser talked about scene son of uh, Freddie Malik, you know, the one who was supposed to die. But I guess the character's biggest success is in that we really don't like him. Yeah, I think that the actor's performance was at an all-time high in this episode in that he's, again, compliment to the actor and, and you know, hate towards the character. Just the, 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 the sneering kind of, you know, I don't know, upper crust way. It's not quite, you know, mid-Atlantic, here we go, who wants to play squash? But it's kind of just the way the way Malik appears on screen at the hands of this very fine actor portraying him, it, I just like him less and less, the character less and less, and the actor, I mean, it's a better and better job that we hate our villain more and more. With John Garrett, there's a little bit more of the playful mustache twirling that we can get behind. Yeah, and he's also got a really fun power. Um, I have to imagine when you have not just kind of superpowers in play in a script, but when you have somebody like Garrett who can teleport, it kind of frees up story decisions. Like, how will you get Cora out at the end? This is not meant to be a suicide mission, but she has to do tic-tac-toe to get the computer and the maps, etc. And to have this person who can go, oh, you did it? Boom, boom. And problem solved, not, you know, send a ship or, oh, she stole a launch tube escape thing that we had to backtrack and put in the story two episodes ago to establish. It's just hand of the writer, hand of Garrett to make the story go. Durant is really in this episode to kind of flesh out the roster that and to ultimately get finished off there by Cora. Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine being Garrett who thought. Uh, pardon me, not Garrett, Durant, you think as Durant that you are upper echelon, you know, ooh, we got captured, but it's all part of the plan to get in there and then realize, oh, you're being sacrificed as a pawn. Uh, but thus is how it goes for Durant. Pete, we have Sybil uh, not on screen, at least as the actress, uh, but certainly the main kind of malicious force in the background for most of the episode. Without her hunters here, upset over that, but still this predictive path that she set everybody down using our human and inhuman characters to move around as pawns. 
from pawns to kings and queens and royalty, we thank the ladies and lords who go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek and keep our little zephyr one chugging along there up in the space of the mcu the space of star trek universe the space of the great beyond as we head into the series finale of our mothership matt it's undeniable that things are changing for us but what remains the constant are these patrons here everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content all sorts of uh tiers to choose from there unable to contribute at this time head on over to apple podcasts leave us a rating it takes just a second number of stars leave us a review takes a little longer but all of them help another great way to support us especially if you can't be there on the financial end out there on social media where do you listen to us is it the ride to work is it the run is it at home is it carved out special fantastic geek time as you analyze and theorize all this stuff but all the support that we have gotten for these seven years of shield so so appreciated especially as we head to the final stretch here welcome to level seven time to analyze and theorize matt where is this other character I don't remember. I mean, it seems, I say this with a heavy heart, Pete, it seems like they are setting up, you know, an endpoint for Fitz, perhaps the notion of, you know, of when they've reached a point at the end of their work so they can go back in time, et cetera, to, you know, to come up with the fix. Um, you know, maybe Simmons goes back and Fitz does not. Um, again, I remain convinced that there's more to the behind the scenes story with this and that it's going to come out you know, after the show has concluded, days, weeks, whatever it might be. Um, but it really seems like they're saving that heartbreak for the two-hour finale. And I think that that's a heartbreak that we are going to feel, obviously not more than the show ending, but I think it's going to be up there in that we will know the price of the divergence because we've lived through all these episodes without fits. Those PR photos looming larger than ever as we have this discussion, Matt. Oh, no. Uh, the mention of blood work. Again, certainly suggestive of something that, you know, that, that could be a painful end for Fitz, you know, him, him unwell in some sort of way. You know, again, it makes me wonder what sort of story redemption will his absence bring to us. On the topic of redemption, Pete, I wonder, you know, John Garrett, a bad guy in the Bill Paxton era, uh, John Garrett, uh, a bad guy with with the younger Paxton playing him. I wonder, though, if the show gives him some kind of redemption just because the Paxton name is so well regarded, you know, around Shield HQ. They've never played him as a straight up villain as they did the the deeper incarnations of his father's version of the character, um, you know, toward the end before he had a hole blown in him. So uh, to think that there could be a redemption possible, certainly there. I mean, you consider we have two episodes, we have them running together. There's going to be the plot business they have to push through and then there's going to be what I refer to as the loose end business. 
seven years of character stories that we need to tie bows upon. And they're not mutually exclusive, but when you examine a number of finales of this genre, typically they close up all the plot stuff and then they have all the goodbye stuff. Well, and I think, you know, there are a couple of forces at work for this finale. One is, I think it surprised no one, this notion of an alternate timeline. But now that the show has really telegraphed it out there, to me it's, you know, one question that comes to mind is, does no one get back to the original timeline? Do some of them get back to the original timeline? And then there's kind of the built-in hurt of, and therefore Team A and Team B will never see each other again because the, you know, the the time connected connective bridge has closed for forever until you need to dust it off if there's ever a return to this stuff but you know forever for now uh or do they all get back to the main mcu which i think would be the most rewarding but nobody says you need to have a rewarding or nobody says you need to have a happy finale so your thoughts pete so this notion that simmons and fitz had all the time in the world before returning to the temple as Enoch uh, helped them to construct this time machine to create the memory inhibitor in Diana, their whole lives that were lived in between. So really, what have we done? We've identified the It's a Wonderful Life of next week's finale. Clearly, that will be the focus my only concern with something like that is you have a two character centric storyline and then, oh yeah, Colson, May, Daisy, uh, Yo-Yo, Mac. Oh, and let's throw in Sousa there as far as tying up their storylines. So there's quite a bit left to be done in the space of 88 minutes of story particularly since i think since the show got to the 1980s it has stopped trading in kind of the fun character bits of hey team we're all dressed up and let me let let me have a discussion with you about you know me the character to you the character of you know uh neat stuff from the time and oh there's prohibition kind of more of those character interactions that were in the first half of the season have been replaced with plot interactions and i think maybe it's a it's been a little less rewarding as we go tic-tac-toe of how to get the thing to the here to the person to the there to you know and and all that so i do wonder how cognizant will the two hours be and were the two hours made with the intention of a two-hour finale um or or whatever but how much of how much of those 88 minutes are going to be spent on doing what we've been doing all season long, defeating the Chronicoms, defeating Amalek, um, and how much are going to really be about, you know, like, for example, I would be okay if it's 10.30 on Wednesday night, if we're halfway through the, the last episode, and that's when Malik is blown up and it's the end. And if we really spend a half an hour, we're going to try and make the last jump be the jump to the proper timeline, or we're going to go back to, you know, whatever it is, wrap up, the emotional end of the story, not the action end of the story. Because as you say, Pete, all these characters 
they've had one crack at a series finale in episode 522 let's have a really rich rewarding finale here where if it takes time to say and deke did stay in the 1980s but in the main one in the mcu and and whatever it's going to be let's have the time there not just i don't know something more rushed and that's where i really hope that the invocation of names like ward and lincoln and uh andrew uh may's uh ex-husband is really a red herring and not some idea of all right all these cameos to further crowd the two-hour finale and drown out the resolutions of these characters i mean the the time for cameos would have been throughout this season as we suspected susa might have been at the time instead of at the very end yeah yeah i i agree with your sentiment i think however you could you could do the flip side which is if in the last final minutes did we do it did we fix the thing while also improving other things do we make everything the best possible solution hey let's open the bay doors one more time and you open it and there you could have all the stars of ye oldie past there as you know at the functioning best version of shield hq and there's good ward and there's andrew and you know and so on and so forth you could do it in kind of a jam-packed curtain call it would have to be quick it couldn't be much dialogue it couldn't be much catch-up just oh my goodness there they are again kind of in that curtain call sense of there's everybody and as our core agents walk down the ramp towards old friends and new friends there's your dun 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 and fade out from there and kind of leave you wanting more even though there's nothing left to say the timeline discussion is interesting only because we've talked that there's a new one that we now have proof of that because Mac is still there, despite the fact that his parents have been scratched out. However, the notion of an OG timeline. Yeah. I, I would think that that mentioning of an OG timeline, that that is a finish line for the story to head towards. But again, there's no, there's no reason that that has to be the outcome. And I think that they're, you know, separate from the partially real, partially juiced up in my head beef between Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios and Jeff Loeb and Marvel TV. Um, I think that there, there are some compelling story reasons to maybe say, you know what, the show tried so long to be in the MCU and a bunch of stuff made that difficult maybe the best place for these characters to go off and live as many comic characters have gone off is to go to go live happily in that alternate reality where you don't need to be concerned about you know so where who did get dusted now hey they did return back to 2019 20 what where's the timeline and to just say and and henceforth there is the shield timeline there's the agents of shield timeline i think that there's story potential there and again kind of if there is that want of but i wanted them to link up back with the mcu i'm okay i'm okay having a finale that has some bittersweet mixed in there and it doesn't need to necessarily give me the ideal ending it, it as i said before it can leave me wanting more even though i think you know rumors of the spinoff being announced 
before the final episode and and things of that sort i think that that's that's really reaching at it particularly since pete here we are podcasting episode 711 the lowest rated shield for live ratings uh in all the episodes you know but again you can be left wanting more even if there's not more that's readily available transmissions let's check the wire pete we go to our twitter poll uh one sister got 5.6 percent two ships in space uh pete that's the flying kind not the kind of the heart got uh 17 percent three key sneaky deaky uh got 5.6 percent and then four fits wait for who now got 73 percent so big numbers compared to last week's outing uh at least in terms of our poll here um oh i am i also see pete i put out the plea that there's a fitz monkey in the finale um i will always cherish being at new york comic-con for that first season of shield and asking ian decay occur when we're gonna see more of fitz's monkey and there being laughter because it sounded a bit cheeky uh let's go to twitter responses pete the first one up from andre yeager that's at dr polo 1983 okay so much to unpack show is literally going out with a bang and we still don't know where who that scottish fellow is <laughs> only two hours left uh deep cut there andre thank you also i think it's ingenious that they have actually said we are in a new timeline lets them totally off the mcu hook for continuity which pete i think backs up what i was saying before but i didn't say it quite as concisely as andre did good thing there isn't a marvel signage on the hellstrom trailer yes which i I guess we had discussed on Twitter, um, but and you know, let's let's talk about that for the briefest of moments. Um, yeah, Hellstrom apparently de Marvel TVized, at least in its presentation, production, title, etc. So, Pete, that means that means that uh, next week is the final episode of Marvel Television, the final new episode, as it should be. We go to JT Atkins. It's at uh, JTA's me. Obviously, Pins and Needles. Love the episode, but specifically, Mac and Daisy's heart-to-heart was beautiful. Took me back to their heart-to-heart when she was guilt-ridden and locked up in inhuman containment. Love those two. We hear from Brian S. That's Brian uh, O-E-N-O. Solid episode. I was riveted from beginning to end. Special effects were great quality. See you all next week. They're going out on top, it seems. We also heard from David Siller, that's Siller David Poet on Twitter. A Fitz fix, the finale stakes put into play, a budding romance, and our hearts in our throats. This is going to be agonizing in all the good and bad ways. Hashtag Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. seven days. How can we ever be ready? Uh, Also heard from Stuff Happens, that's at K-C-L-Y-L-E-1, who says as follows uh, in not one, not two, but three tweets. Another great episode setting up for the finale. May's fight scene was too short, but I'm here for any May fight scenes. Effects were top-notch. As good as you'd see in a movie. Fits too little too late? Maybe, but nice to see him. Uh, the end of S.H.I.E.L.D. and destruction of the Triskelion again. Timeline stories allow a lot of things to be undone, but S.H.I.E.L.D. falling apart in the movies should stick. But all those agents at the other bases, let's bring them back in the next episode. And uh, let's see, can't wait to see the finale. Uh, and at the same time, I don't want it to happen. Glad to see they're at least going out on top. So Pete, the notion of a strong conclusion to the series uh, on many a S.H.I.E.L.D. fan's heart. Don't look at those photos. 
to Facebook, Matt, where Robert T. Frost writes in, Hi, gang. Along with wondering about Fitz, where, when, alive, dead, what has happened to Flint? He was pretty prominent at the end of last season and obviously didn't come back with our team. So, is he with Fitz or in his own separate timeline still putting the Earth back together? That's a good question. I think I would lean towards still in his own timeline. Um, I do wonder what, you know, how, how would the show have been different if they had carried the character forward? It's, it's a busy enough board as it is without kind of junior shield agent, but, uh, I don't know, Pete, something maybe to, to explore in fan fiction or the comics series or something like that. That season six is just so out of left field on so many different levels. You were set up with the seeming impossibility of Clark Gregg Coulson no longer with us as a character or even as an actor. Oh yeah. He'll, he'll direct one of the episodes and then surprise. He's playing a totally different character, not Coulson at all. Oh wait, he has Coulson's memories, but he's a different character. And then we kill him off and now he's an LMT. I mean, you think of how that finale of season six tilts in like the last five to seven minutes where all the groundwork for this season was laid and the suspicion greatly the finale. So it's almost as if the finale was conceived from the season six finale in terms of this is our end point. We have 12 and a half more episodes before we wind up here. Yes, the behind the scenes, where is Ian DeCasticker? Why was he used so sparingly? Cannot possibly imagine that, that the creatives behind this would go to him and say, hey, hey, love your work, um, but we don't want to use you until episode 11. Go, go find something else to do. It just seems really fishy. Um, Particularly with um, the whole credit thing. I mean, that would involve being like, special hey, guest. like we love your work, but uh, you're fired. However, we'd like to book you. You know, it's December. You're fired for when we come back in January. But listen, we'd love to have you back like late July. OK, bye. Like, I can't imagine. Again, so many questions remain. And, you know, there was some one of these kind of mid-level websites that will have interesting articles, but sometimes gets the basic facts wrong. You know, the reference was made to, you know, the case sticker had other work. Well, and I was like, Ooh, they're going to tell me what the work was. Well, they don't because they're just repeating a thing that's out there that he had other work, even though no one's able to find out what it was. So I, again, there, there are all these question marks. And like I keep saying, I think we're going to get that answer at some point, whether it's bad blood, whether it's, Hey, I, I need a break, whether it's, you know, whatever it might be. But Pete, from those question marks, let's go to some thoughts here from 084 via email. He says as follows, this episode set me up perfectly for what I'm sure is going to be an amazing and terrible time next week. <laughs> there are moments in here that I'm sure will draw the usual lazy and tired criticisms of filler, nothing happening, and can we just get to the next thing? 
I would say that the character moments peppered all over were more than enough to make these segments enjoyable and worthwhile as someone who's cared about this team for years. Daisy, Mac, and Sousa all got their moments with each other that got smiles out of me. We got to reflect on May and Coulson and where they've gone. We got a small peek at what Fitzsimmons went through before the end of season six. All of these interactions are what I want before I have to say goodbye. I love that Malik wasn't able to break Simmons or Deke, and it was satisfying to see him start to lose it when his entitlement wasn't satisfied. Entitled people are kind of the worst. So how great is it that uh, this threat we have, the one to defeat, is an embodiment of that? We've got a great finale coming for us, with S.H.I.E.L.D. literally being wiped off the map. Most likely Peggy Carter is dead, along with Howard Stark, Hank Pym, people who laid the foundation for the MCU. We can no longer speculate that the new timeline being made this season is going to lead to Infinity War or Endgame or whatever. The show is going to go out on its own terms, and I really love that. Until next time, the last time, question mark? Pete, that from 084. Certainly hope we'll see 084 and everybody else in our Zoom prior to the finale. But yeah, agree with a lot of those sentiments there. And I think that's the greatest compliment you can give a show here before the finale, that it'll go out on its own terms instead of the arbitrary, all right, this is it. You have to end your show quickly and and not really the way you wanted to with season five. Nobody wanted to see anything permanent stick of the end of season six. And we get one more go at it next week. I think too, on the topic of one's own terms, if when it's all said and done, seasons six and seven are a bit of a letdown, you know, when you go back and do your rewatch, you can stop after season five. You can know there's more story out there. Like, you know, I'm a big Parks and Rec fan, but the first season is a disaster and the last season feels like they're out of gas. So when I periodically go and watch Parks and Rec, I do seasons two through six and maybe a couple episodes of season seven. I go, yeah, you can kind of feel the air coming out of the balloon here. So I get my fun rewatch in on my own terms. And so there's that, too. You know, shows are made at a finite time, but they're going to live forever certainly in the world of streaming, but the, the rewatch potential is forever. However, Pete, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the clock ticking, how can people be in touch with you to talk about the show on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 11,394 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek. All one word with the P, with the H. Want to be connected with us for the final go around here of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then everything that comes after. Pete, for those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we will be back tomorrow to talk Star Trek Lower Decks. However, the real focus this week, next week, is the end of our dear Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Again, we hope the people can join us in the Zoom, 8 p.m. Eastern, on uh, the evening of the finale. And uh, for those we see, for those we don't see, we'll all be together uh, watching the finale, and we'll be back next week to talk about it. I guess a little look in the future time travel 
in two weeks time we will do a season finale and then three weeks time say goodbye to shield look back at the series as a whole for now though pete still two episodes to go next week so i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word i don't want to forget <laughs>